Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums. Today, we're talking with comedian Marcus Monroe. We talked about Newfound Glory's 2002 album, Sticks and Stones, and also about Marcus's love of boy bands like O-Town and NSYNC, and being your authentic self. And lastly, about the business of comedy. Check out Marcus's podcast, Learn Stuff from Smarter People, and also go to MarcusMonroe.com to check out his tour dates. You may have seen Marcus on TRL, Switched, and Nickelodeon Slime Across America. Okay, please check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. My co-host Sarah and I talk about records we liked a lot when we were younger and revisit them as much older and jaded individuals. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month or more and get an exclusive episode every week. Really helps us keep doing what we're doing here, and I super appreciate your support. So check that out. Okay, no delays. Let's chat with Marcus. Hey, Marcus, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, Joshua? It's good. I'm happy to talk to you. This everything's good. It's traveling, but that means I'm busy, which means I'm working. So it's good. How's the How's the weather? The weather's pretty good here, and I actually listened to this album that we're talking about today while running. So it was my first run of the year, um, and I know it's March. Nice, dude. How long did you run for? Uh, I ran for like two miles, not, maybe not even two miles. So two miles is good. That's that's impressive. That takes you know you got to work up to that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm I was kind of slow runner. Like I think or you might be an avid runner. So I would definitely not say I'm an avid runner, but I I like to run because it doesn't involve like contact. <laughs> like I'm afraid of getting broken. But like, if you're running two miles, how many songs do you listen to? Because you can't listen to if you you're running really slow. If you listen to a whole album, and you're running two miles, right? I don't know. Yeah, I probably yeah maybe like four or five songs depending. Um, for that, I mean, I listen to it more than that, but uh, more than this one time. Uh, but yeah, so we are talking about Newfound Glory's album Sticks and Stones. That's from 2002. It's their third album. It was produced by Neil Avron, and what I'll ask is, when was the first time you heard Newfound Glory or this album? The first time I heard this album, I think, it, or Newfound Glory, I think it was probably on TRL or something. Cause I'm sure, I remember seeing the music video and just being like, these guys are awesome. It was their whole lifestyle. It was like carefree, you were punks, you know, Jackass was big at the time. So it was just like, yeah, we're going to like talk like this and like emo and, and skater pop and and cool funny things and dicks and girls and <laughs> um i don't know why i i like the the speed the tempo of the song too like that really really in the hook it was just all catchy everything i liked i liked everything about it the whole package they saw they sold it to me and i got it i usually say like i don't fall for advertisements like I'm like, my wife's always like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, nothing I buy is like, I see advertised. I just like think of something like weird and random and I'll buy it. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it's true in my world. I don't know. But back in high school, my friends were always sending me music and we always tried to like find the new bands before they broke to be like, oh, we heard them first. That was like the thing. Um, you know, this was before SoundCloud, before TikTok and everything. So you really had to like dig deep and find like CDs and mix CDs or people's websites to find like bands. We found a lot of really good music acts that that way that actually like did break and become successful acts um, before they before they got famous. Uh, so that was kind of fun. And, we, and of course, when we found Newfound Glory, they were already mainstream. But like, I think this album sticks and stones and specifically my friends over you their single that like was is probably my top five favorite songs of all time not a, not ashamed of it not ashamed of it um was already pretty uh pretty mainstream at the time yeah and what was the other kind of like singer songwriter stuff that you were listening to before the other mu music i was listening to at the time it, like it was like obscure singer songwriters but like every emo band you could think of the Academy is the starting line. The All American Rejects, uh, Good Charlotte. 
<laughs> like they were playing um man who like but i was also into like blink 182 and green day and little wayne which is not the same but almost kind of he had a little punk phase for a while um i was also into like in sync britney spears the backstreet boys like that phase of my life has never gone away and either has this punk pop thing like for me the music i listened to in high school and like i'm gonna date myself here in like 2003 is the exact same music i listen to now like i just add a few more like up current artists but really i'm still listening to all those bands i just mentioned yes and even in sync and all, all, all o-town all lfo all those I, I still love it i can't get enough i'm addicted uh did getting into newfound glory like lead you into other like pop punk bands of the type say they were definitely like the gateway drug to this to, to this like be, having it seen on mtv was kind of like a validation like i could like this music and still be cool and considered mainstream because you have to remember like it went in waves right like pop like simple plan i remember simple plan was like a huge pop punk band and now they're like i don't even like they're probably still doing stuff um but i don't know i just felt like them being on mtv like they made it kind of a thing and back then if you were on trl like that was the equivalent to being on johnny carson as like a stand-up comic back in the day today the whatever like being on like the joe rogan experience um would be like the equivalent of being on trl meaning like or like or being on oprah in like the 2000s like that was what it meant for a band i i believe i'm not in a band but to be on trl at least that's the perception i have so but then of course like getting into newfound glory you'd go on to see them on tour and where are they they're going to be on the warp tour so i remember going to warp tour and just like getting hot and sweaty and beat up and dis disgusting i'm going to see newfound glory um, with a bunch of other people going through puberty and we're all confused and we don't know what's going on but we all know that we like the this band we like these songs we like the lifestyle um, we love what they represented just like carefree living but yeah it was it was a good it was a good time to be alive it was a good time to to like to find yourself to find your identity through these pop punk bands and I, I really like that because you know I wasn't listening to Metallica I was I can appreciate it but I wasn't listening to uh, to harder rock like that i was i, I like the uh, catchy like poppy music I'm, i was from i was born in wisconsin so i'm, I'm in, coming to you from milwaukee at the time um and then when i moved to new york i started going to a lot of rock shows there is this band called lords l-o-u-r-d-s and they were my favorite band uh, when i moved to new york and i got to go on tour with them i was like documenting their rise to fame and they put out a, an album that was like uh, that billboard gave it five out of five stars it was supposed to like break them and unfortunately they just like could never get that mainstream success that they deserved but like it was like oh man that band that band was cool i would recommend going to listen to l-o-u-r-d-s their name's lords there's an electric uh a violin fiddle in the band it was cool it was oh man so fun so do you feel like when you were of us when you were of the age that you were into stuff like I guess O Town and NSYNC, Do you feel like there's any kind of connection into like things that, like Newfound Glory, to boy band that kind of like? Uh, I'm sure there is like some musical connection. Like maybe they all do the same like, you know, chorus, hook, verse, like, um, you know, uh, pattern. But I don't really know. I just, you know, I just kind of listen to whatever makes me feel good. And that I, I just kind of like that music. And it's not even that I grew out of it. The funny thing is, like, all my favorite bands are still the same, like from 2002, 2003. Like, I listen to The Academy Is all of the time. I listen to Panic at the Disco. I listen to The Hire. And, you know, the, these bands that really kind of were like staples in these like warp tours or these alternative like rock shows I would go to. I feel like with your act and uh, like you've you've kind of mentioned like being into, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, boy bands, yeah. I guess is the way to put it. Like, so it's like, you know, people don't tend to like even like really anyone doesn't tend to like unabashedly kind of like express their love yeah. for that. And I, I think it's really interesting and really cool, actually, that 
you do and you like wear it on your sleeve with like liking that i literally have like an in-sync hoodie on as we're talking <laughs> right now um <laughs> yeah. i think they're cool like the you know i i grew up idolizing these groups when i was younger i really wanted to actually be in a boy band i can't sing or dance so it made no sense i would have to be in like the background but like but you know either way like i it's not even that i wanted like uh, like you know the, the girls are to make good music i just wanted four friends <laughs> that's that's a, yeah um, that's a joke that's a joke that's a joke but you know i just i just thought it was so cool they all like you know the world that these pop acts created i thought was really kind of interesting and all yes that what there are a big machine and maybe puppets and you know they're not saying what they really want to say who knows you right like who really knows what's going on there but yeah um, yeah, just like and some of it, like when you're at a club or you're at a party and like bye 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 comes on, like everyone is like, yeah, like no one, like even people who like 20 years ago were like, turn this crap off, it's garbage. Like, I'm not turn on tool, I want to listen to corn. Like, but when that song comes on, they're like, I for some reason it took 20 years for people to get it. Like it's catchy, it's fun, it's it's just it. Yeah, I can't explain it. But yeah, I have no problem admitting to people the kind of music I really listen to. Like some, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's embarrassing. I'm, I'm now I'm friends with people like three of the guys from NSYNC. I consider friends, a couple people from the band O-Town. I know um, it, it's cool. It's, it's a weird life we live now that we can, people that can be so accessible as well. Yeah. I think it's, it's also, I feel like when, when I was younger, it's like, you didn't really mention if you were into that stuff but i'm also kind of thinking about the fact that like you know you doing comedy in uh like new york area so do you ever like come across times where maybe like older comedians are like what are you wearing you know like is that because that's oh, almost yeah. what i think about like it's like you know it's like none of none of people around our age probably technically like give a shit you know it's they're like oh that's cool yeah. he's into that you know but like I'm trying to just think of like textbook kind of like New York comedians. It's like, you know, right. like that kind of idea. I go on stage with like a pink and sync shirt. Are people like, what the hell are you doing, bro? But, uh, no, I've never encountered anyone. Oh, that's good. Being like, dude, what nature you? is healing. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Or maybe <laughs> they just don't. Maybe they, they're saying stuff behind my back. I just don't hear it. I'm sure that's probably happening. Yeah. But thankfully, all, all the comics that I've done shows with and, and worked with like, uh, I do because I do wear a lot of old pop star T-shirts. I think they're funny and I, I kind of mm -hmm. wear them as a joke, but I kind of think that like I listen to the music, too, but I I kind of wear them ironically. Um, but some of them I don't like I have like a Clay Aiken shirt that I wear ironically. I don't listen to Clay Aiken, but I, you know, I wear in sync shirts all the time and that I like the band so, or the group. So, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Did you like did what year did you graduate high school? uh 2003 oh we're the same age then so it's 2003 you said yeah yeah so like you kind of maybe had like this a similar experience with this type of music or no um no because i didn't feel comfortable like it ah. you know like it was it was like but as a little kid i mean i think this is every little kid's kind of this way maybe but it's like i like new kids on the block a lot and then mm -hmm. at some point it was like someone took it out of my hands. You're like, you're not allowed to have that, you know? And, right. Yeah. You know, I know, I know yeah. there's like a lot coded in there, you know, it's like, but you know, it was, it was like, I wasn't allowed to, you know, but was that your yeah, experience growing up? Not, I mean, not really. I like my, I was in the theater. I was a theater kid. I was very outgoing, very extroverted. And, um, I was very like feminine, even though like, I don't think anyone thought I would, well, maybe people thought I was gay, but I wasn't, but I mean, I was in theater class. I mean, a lot of kids in high school called me gay for sure, but I had yeah. girlfriends all the time. So I wasn't, uh, I was always like comfortable with who I was. It was just other people kind of projecting onto me what I should be because I like certain things. Um, and so, yeah, I had a really comfortable childhood being able to express myself whatever, with whatever art form I wanted to like, my dad, um, he was like the principal of the high school I went to. Uh, so he knew what I was listening to, what I was wearing and all that stuff. And uh, I don't think he he cared. He was like, oh, you can't listen to that. Listen to more 
manly music yeah. or anything like that but when you think about it man like those boy bands and stuff were like the manliest music because there's like five guys singing about a girl yeah right it's and all the like, yeah all the audience on. is girls you know all the audience is girls like you go to these concerts i'm like i'm having a great time yeah um <laughs> i mean they definitely so. had the right idea in that term you know in like you couldn't be smarter like for that type right. of things you know um i don't think that they probably thought about it that much you know or maybe they did nah. you know i think nah, it I was just kind of that when it's like when you add in like the i guess the kind of the mickey mouse complex with a lot of the kids coming out of like uh you know what was the mickey mouse club i guess you know um there's definitely probably like a different pipeline there but Mm -hmm. but growing up like i also i i took drama classes and stuff like that but it's like and there were definitely like kids in my class that you know was like liked in sync and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and they were so they were kind of what you're saying your situation with you it's like you were you were proud to like it but then i was like like in seventh grade uh i remember wearing a pokemon shirt and then someone called me a slur and i never wore that pokemon shirt you know they uh, that's so crazy i i i mean i've done similar things like i it it only takes like a stranger to say something mean to me to be like me feel insecure about stuff um that's why like i barely read comments on things that i post and uh like i have thick skin but if you say the right thing or like the wrong thing to me, but the right way, like I, it, it bothers, that bothers me. So yeah, if someone says a slur to you and that's kind of, you're at that age where you just want everyone to like you, Yeah. you know, when you're in middle school, high school, you're kind of like figuring out who you are, what you're, what you're into, your, your groups of friends. And for someone just to, to say, to put you down, to hit, punch you uh, while you're uh, just wearing a Pokemon shirt, man. Yeah they're probably those that person who called you that slur is probably collecting pokemon cards right now they probably are yeah and that's like Mm -hmm. they probably they definitely don't remember it's just something they did in passing for like some power struggle thing you know um but it but it like sticks with you when you're the person so that's that's great that like nobody put that on you (laughs) you know like you uh, lived I mean, in... <laughs> they did i just kind of like i mean there was like a time where i i wouldn't like freshman year in high school i got bullied, bullied a little bit because i was <laughs> that was before my dad was working there um you know because i like everyone kind of i went to a private middle grade school middle school and then but it was a public high school so everyone already pretty much knew each other going into high school and i was like the new the new oh, kid yeah, coming yeah. in and so i had all of i had a lot of that to deal with um, it wasn't as bad as a lot of other people have it, but you know, there were nights where I'd, I'd like run home crying, just like things didn't work out. Or I thought I was cool with a kid who, you know, tried to put me down or something, but you just got to keep doing what makes you happy. I, I learned that very early on. Yeah. I mean, of course, like you were probably bullied at some point. Cause I don't think anyone that, what do you mean? <laughs> Why do you mean? Of course you were bullied at well, some point. This is, well, <laughs> Come on. I, I'm mainly Looking joking, you, but I can tell. no, I mean, like, I don't know if there's anyone that gets into comedy that like wasn't bullied. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like, oh, to, uh, yeah, it feels like you kind of like, you get to a point where you kind of like turn the joke back on somebody. It's like the, probably like the, if you were talking to a therapist or why you got into it, you know, that seems to mm-hmm. be often the reason why people get it. It's like, I wanted them to laugh with me, not at me right yeah. you kind of beat them to the punch if yeah. you make fun of yourself first and they can't do it yeah i mean i think that's true yeah and maybe i think a lot of this i mean this is why i have a podcast i'm probably projecting a lot of my own things onto your sure. situation so hey yeah. do it <laughs> project baby yeah um so i guess getting us back into newfound glory i saw that this album was certified platinum in july 2020 it's one that's so that's one million units sold wait uh, just just in july just in july 2020 that seems like it took a while yeah i mean there's some that feel like it's like uh i was just we we're doing a patreon of something corporate and one of their albums it said like as of like 2015 it was 291,000 sold and i was mm. like i feel like they were a bigger band but still a lot of records Mm -hmm. but uh well also you have to remember when this song came out 2002 that was napster's heyday mm -hmm. that was when people were just downloading music for free all of the time so maybe that had something to do with why they didn't get to a platinum record earlier 
Yeah, I mean, I going into this record at first when we picked it, I was like, I'm not exactly sure how familiar with this album I am. And then basically when it started, I was like, oh, I know that song. I know that song. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you, I feel like then in hindsight, I was like, I don't know if you could really escape this record at the time. It you know? feels kind of like the American Pie soundtrack, even though I don't remember if any of these songs were in that movie. But remember that feeling of like buying a soundtrack to a movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this sound, this album is like the soundtrack to my like junior and senior year of high school. No, probably just senior year because I wasn't out in my junior, but like my senior year of high school. Well, one, one was- kind of marker that I noticed with watching one of the music videos was that um, that Rachel Lee Cook was in it. So mm-hmm. I think that that puts it that definitely puts it a couple years after American Pie stuff, or at least the first couple, and that's like yeah. not another teen movie kind of era, right? So yep, so right. like seeing her in there, I was like, oh, I know what era this is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I loved also like these bands and their kind of like you know f you mom and dad kind of like vibe, and I, I love the the vintage t-shirts, the baggy jeans, the shiny belts with the studs, the chain wallet. Like I was in it. I was living that life. Although I wasn't in the band and I couldn't skateboard, but I was, you know, my friends and I kind of like embraced the pop punk culture as a, you know, as a, we'd, we'd wear it, you know, we'd, we, we weren't in, we, we weren't musically talented by any means at the time, but you know, it was kind of like a fun way to go about living life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with with going to Warp Tour, did you get a chance to see Newfound Glory there? Oh, I'm sure I did. And I guess um, I've seen them. I know I them. saw them. In, I've seen them in concert a bunch, and they were actually okay. the last concert I saw before lockdown. I went to saw their uh, concert in New York in like 2019. Mm. Um, and they uh, they sang all the hits, but they also had like they they do a thing where they sing like movie themes going back to like the movie soundtracks but they sing like let it go from frozen maybe like the rock a rocky soundtrack song i don't remember i wasn't really into that because i'm like come on just sing your songs that's what yeah, um yeah. but uh, it's kind of fun that they do all those covers um yeah i definitely i'm sure i saw them sometime at warp tour i mean those can't really remember everyone I saw, but I did see a lot of bands. Yeah. Um, did Ian, the bass player, was he wearing a shirt? Most likely. Shirt? He was at the one twenty, the one I saw recently. He was wearing a His, shirt. Yeah, probably has. Sense. But he, yeah, but definitely not when I saw them. Because I did see them when I was in high school or just after high school. Definitely no shirt. That, that was, was like awesome. his thing. Because they were. It was his thing. <laughs> they were on, oh, yeah. uh, they were on Leno. I watched uh, them mm-hmm. play uh my friends over here i believe is what they played uh Mm -hmm. and it's like it feels like for your feels like for your uh like would you ever consider going on uh, well i don't know leno's not a thing anymore but like doing Mm -hmm. comedy without your shirt like burt crusher does (laughs) i uh the machine i yeah i would do it if it meant to i could be on tv hell yeah i would do i'd do a lot worse i mean it's just like that's such a choice if they're like Marcus, we want to put you, we want to give you a Netflix special, but you have to be completely naked while you do it. I would probably still do it. Yeah. I mean, when you put it in that context, sure. Yeah. Um, but like, also man. that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like with like the lifestyle, like it wasn't just like, cause I went from sync these like five clean cut guys, choreographed dance moves to the complete opposite, which was like new fun glories, five guys who dress however they want to, who don't even wear a shirt if they don't want to. Like, it was kind of like, our, even though it was still like pop punk and it wasn't like like going off the deep end, but it was, it, you know, it was a little bit of like a rebellious phase for me, perhaps. Yeah. Or like trying to be like, I'm grown up now. I'm listening to like hard, like drums and like rock and roll, baby. Uh, but now I look at, listen to it. I'm like, oh, this is like, I could fall asleep to this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not, not going to fall asleep, but it's just, I'm not, you know, it's not like hard rock, but I like that too. But yeah. 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 So do, did you get, did from getting into them, did it like lead you into, I guess, like, I guess let's say like faster pop punk or did you get into stuff like Lifetime or 
Uh, not never got into Lifetime, but but I will say so the trajectory went from like this pop punk to more like emo. Like okay. I was listening to uh, like gosh, what are like ah, what are like some of like the emo bands I would listen to? I'm trying to think of that. I would wear like a handkerchief around my neck, you know, and I'd have like mm-hmm. the emo haircut. There were just like a lot of uh, like brand new I okay. listened to. Yeah. Um, like I love like the Postal Service. I listened to a lot of Ryan Cabrera in high school as well. Um, not very emo, but oh, like the starting line. I really got into some 41. I really liked 30 seconds to Mars. Oh yeah. I was into them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the kind of line from, you know, newfound glory into that was kind of like where, where a lot of it kind of evolved into. Oh yeah. That's a big, that diagram overlaps quite a bit. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a cool, cool little phase. I guess I got out of it. I got out of the emo phase fairly quickly. I think Justin Timberlake came out with future sex love sounds. I was like, Oh, I'm back in. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like when, yeah. uh, when that kind of stuff started, like, I guess we'll say in quotes, like grew up, you know, a lot of the, like, yeah, yeah. 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 When like gym class heroes broke up and then it was just Travis doing his own thing. I was like, yeah, all right, well get into it yeah yeah and so you well you were saying like you feel like you've gotten friendly with people that i guess played in some of these groups like have you become friendly with anyone in like newfound glory no that would be cool though (laughs) although although i did a show with ryan keys from yellow card we played two shows together and then he played and like we like hung out like you like we spent like a weekend together. Mm-hmm. It was romantic. Yeah. And then we were doing a actually, yeah, it's a it's a long story, but we did like a oh uh it was like a fundraiser, uh like a wine and dine kind of show. Anyway, so he was doing an acoustic yellow card set and uh became friends and then he plays like guitar in newfound glory on tour with them oh okay so i was like i know don't know newfound glory but i know a guy that plays guitar in newfound glory who's the lead singer for yellow card well i didn't make that connection i wonder if he still tours with them now Uh, i don't know i mean i saw him two years ago he was in it Mm -hmm. i think he has i think he loves that band so he just like really enjoyed it when i was talking with ryan he was also telling me how much jimmy jimmy eat world that band like how much he loved them and that changed his life. And I was like, I love that, that album bleeding America. So also, I was thinking of maybe suggesting that one for this as well, but yeah, I mean, some would have been pretty much the same conversation. Although I've never seen them live. Sometimes with people like that played, let's say like the guy from yellow card that, you know, sometimes it almost surprised me, surprises me that they also like their contemporaries. But if you did the same thing to me, it would be an obvious thing. Like, like hearing that he likes Jimmy World somehow surprises me, but I don't know why he does. It's like, it's like because yeah. they were such a big band that is he not allowed to like other bands? You know, like I don't know why right. I go to that mentally. It'd be like, oh, that's huh. surprising. Of course, he would probably like Jimmy Eat World or Newfound Glory. You I know? don't know. That's fascinating. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder. I also sometimes think what my favorite bands would think of my other favorite bands, you know, like would they like those bands or would they be like weirded out that I like these other genres? Like I also really like country music. Yeah. yeah, So I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place. I like hip hop and I mean, I'm all over it. Yeah. I think sometimes what I think about is like, if there's a band that kind of sounds like my band, then I feel like I don't tend to like them. You know, mm. and then so I guess I then also, once again, project that onto other people. Like, it's like, sure. if you played in Yellow Card, you probably don't like other bands that, you know, kind of sound like Yellow Card in some very Yeah, degree. I mean, I think that's what kind of they want you to think, maybe. Like, maybe they want you to only pick one, but there's so much music out there. Yeah. So much. And what lately, for me, I've been really into this. I find a song from like the nineties that I've listened to a few times and I just play it on repeat all the time. And I just love it. Like, and it, for example, I was on TikTok and the lead singer of the verve pipe was just singing an acoustic version of the freshman. Mm-hmm. 
And he was just like singing it to himself. And I was like, oh, I remember this song. Oh, this is the guy that sang it. Oh, this is the band's TikTok. Huh. Then I went down a rabbit hole. And now I've listened to the Verve's Pipes, the freshman, literally 700 times in probably the last two months. Um, it's just in my head and I can't get it out. I listen to the lyrics. I look, go on genius.com and I look at the meaning of the lyrics. Same with any song I like. I'm like, what are they really saying? Why are they saying it? And the lyrics to me mean a lot. Um, especially on newfound glory when on sticks and stones, like I didn't know, I couldn't understand a lot of what the lyrics were. So I had to look it up. Um, and it's like, and this is going to make me sound like, uh, maybe really dumb, but my friends over you is my favorite song, but that can, my friends over you can have like two different meanings. It can mean like, I'm choosing my friends over you, which is what he's talking about. Like my friends are you're here my friends are up here or it could be like i just want to let you know that my friend doesn't like you anymore my friend's over you yeah and so like i I, like i was like i never really knew which one it was until i i never i feel like i never know what a song is about like i can understand what a hook is you know but then Mm. there'll be times where i'll be like oh to my wife i'll be like oh this is i i like the song and then she'll be like you know it's about like hating your wife or something you know like that and yeah. then i'm like what you know and then she's like what does that mean that you like this song and then i'm like i don't know i yeah. don't really listen to words that yeah way. i mean i listen to the beat the, the vocals i don't yeah i don't know what half the songs i listen to actually mean yeah I, I always think it's because like when i was younger i liked a lot of like pretty aggressive like punk and then like got into metal and stuff so it's like oh, wow. sometimes with like just any singer it's just like another instrument to me a lot of times mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. you're listening to like country music it's like right there front and center and it's hard to deny but like yeah. with newfound glory even it's like it's kind of another instrument in a way yeah and it's not that their you know words aren't important and you know certain ways mm-hmm. but it's just like might as well be a guitar in my head right so right like, that's interesting yeah so it's also amazing how many years they've been together over 20 years yeah like yeah and they still put out albums that are still great like Mm -hmm. the album they they have a specific sound but they're like they're they still hold up like all their albums are i listen to all of them they're amazing yeah they uh i think they well they've been a band since like 95 or 97 yeah man incredible yeah wow um, but with going down that kind of rabbit hole with lyrics, like, did you kind of glean anything from any of these songs, uh, any of the lyrics of these songs? Not on this album, uh, Sticks and the Stones, but on al- other albums. Like, for example, I was talking about The Freshman, that song that's been in my head for two months. And I didn't know that it was about um, a couple breaking up. Uh, they had an an, I think uh, they lost a baby or had an abortion. Um, and I didn't, I got to understand that. But there's one line in the head that goes, um, uh, when I was young, I knew everything. She a punk who really ever took advice. And I'm guilt stricken, sobbing with my head on the floor. It goes, stopped a baby's breath, shoe full of rice. No. So stopped a baby's breath. Apparently that means like they had an abortion. And so shoe full of rice means now that no means now that they're not getting married and i was just like can't be held responsible she was touching her face like she was seducing him it was just like oh my gosh there's like so much backstory here i need to know what's going on um but then i read all these articles and some of the articles were like yeah the lead singer wrote it about something that happened to him and someone article was like nope it's about something that happened to his friend like there's conflicting reports i'm like ah uh so i gotta i gotta track down this guy i gotta hit him up i gotta dm him what's what what is the song about it doesn't matter it doesn't change the song for me i just am curious like i feel like within the last five years i figured out that that song brick by ben folds five was about abortion and i was like Ah. where have i been (laughs) like i uh how does that one go i gotta listen to i know i know i know i know that song I, i don't um she's a brick and she's so and slowly something like yeah, that. yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah and then I got a lot it. of piano because ben folds by mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um of course but it's like about driving someone 
to get the abortion and i'm like dang oh, man wow. who knew who knew? i guess yeah. everyone except for us yeah. well i guess <laughs> well at the time when that song came out well because that that's been out for a, a couple of years now yeah i guess i never would have put it together also um third eye blind song or semi semi charm life like is about cocaine oh yeah yeah and like taking bumps and i was you know i'm 13 14 years old singing this song at a family reunion had no idea like i'm talking about getting high yeah i feel like i always miss those kind of cues like not even in uh not even in just music it was like i'd go to parties in like high school mm-hmm. and then some sure. people would be like we're going to this other room and i'd be like that's cool and then like years later people are like you know they were like doing coke and I'm like, what? Ah, that's what the other room was. <laughs> that's what the other room was. <laughs> Dang, no one told me that. Either. I know, no one told me. I like, didn't go. To, no one offered. Yeah, I didn't go. You know? Well, I didn't go to many parties though, because my dad was the principal, so I didn't want to be narking on people. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't go to that many. So yeah, don't. Sounds like you went to enough. To I went to enough. A... Well, yeah, I didn't know till I was like a full grown adult that it, you know, it's like uh, you get these like flashes in your like someone mentioned they're like, yeah, that's what they were doing like within past few years as well and you're like wow i'm missed out on things i guess you know i'm probably yeah. better that i didn't but you True. know you know but i i didn't know you know and like no. no one was no one was offering unless they were and i was just missing the signs you know so yeah i'm glad i, I never got into uh drugs and i'm glad i didn't like i i smoke weed all the time but aside from that there's i've uh i'd love to try i haven't done mushrooms yet but i'd love to do those um but yeah i don't do any uh hard drugs or anything never interested yeah i don't know there's probably just something on my face that just like they're like don't do that to that kid you know like when i was younger (laughs) like now i feel you know age is caught up with me but at that age i was just like you know just grinning and they're like don't invite him to the room like oh man you know so maybe you had the same thing just kind of like a perpetual like wholesomeness you know that they were like don't don't well yeah i mean just like it's all about like who you hang out with and my friends in high school like never drank never did drugs we were just kind of but we we still had fun but we just never did anything like that <laughs> yeah um let me try and see where we can go now uh to i was looking at the time oh i guess uh, i'll just kind of mention a little bit more like trivia stuff that people will i'll try and pepper it in there so people won't be like you didn't mention this thing all right uh, so yeah, so H2O, Toby of H2O sang backups on Understatement, and Mark Hoppus played bass on something I can... Uh, wait, did I write that song name wrong? I'm going to rewrite that. I think you're right. Something I Can Personality? That doesn't make sense. Something called a personality. Okay, I wrote that wrong. <laughs> All right, let me pick that back up again. So Mark Hoppus played bass on something called a personality, uh, which I thought was like an interesting story because... Uh, Ian, the bass player, he wasn't he wasn't available to play bass when they were recording. There was like a weird thing with like hit the timing of when they put them in the studio that I was reading about. Oh. Like essentially he was getting married and then he got oh. married and then they like got on a bus and or like flew or whatever to the studio in California and were like, You have to record right now. So I think like potentially like if they took a while to record it was like he was unavailable and mark hoppus was going to sing backups but because he wasn't available he's like, i'll just play bass on this song oh wow i didn't yeah. know that yeah and uh cyrus the drummer also mentioned that kind of to it in an exchange for that and i can't recall what song uh, but then ian plays the snare at the beginning of one of the songs that's kind of like well since mark played bass and then he was like what and you have to play to uh ian told cyrus like you have to play bass on the beginning of a song too yeah ah, yeah i had no idea yeah. i don't even this is gonna sound so i don't even like they're one of my favorite bands but i don't i couldn't tell you the names of the guys in the band yeah isn't that sad no i mean i know ian because he he's like the you know the i would the mascot dare i say of the group yeah he kind of is yeah yeah I'm trying to think like there was like one specific guy and I well, it'll show how much how little I know about boy bands. There was like one guy, I believe in NSYNC, that was like like which one was J was it J C Chavez or what's his yeah, name? There's J C yep. I JC. I feel like he always felt kinda like the mascot in that group. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was like, Oh, they let him do this. 
you know? Well, well to, to, what does the mascot mean to you? Because to me, it means like a larger than life character who's kind of just like, like, you know, because Ian always has his shirt off and was jumping around. Mm-hmm. To me, like, oh, that's the mascot. But JC to me seemed so um, serious about mm-hmm. everything. Like, he had fun, I'm sure, but he was very like, mysterious and kind of secretive about everything so i always think of jc as not i i would say like maybe like joey would be more of like the mascot because he's more like whimsical down for whatever Mm -hmm. cheering on the team than than jc but but maybe we have different well i think memories when i'm thinking of jc i feel like he kind of like sticks out in a picture to me Mm. like he's not like classically you know, as I feel like as like attractive as the other ones, you know, and it's like Ian, you know, in a different way, I feel like Ian kind of is like, you know, he's just like a dude, you know, (laughs) like, so there's a different, different personality thing, but I feel like Ian is like, is like, he kind of knows he's, it's like, you got to play up the goofball thing because sure. Like, you know, it's like, he's not, he's not Jordan, the singer, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I guess my thing will be, I'll play without a shirt on and, you know, and he's like, I'm yeah. not like a fit dude. So this will be like a bit. It's like clearly a bit. Yeah. You know? I mean, they all have like their own little personalities. Now, oh, that's funny. Something I call a personality. Yeah. Here we go. You know, like, you know, boy bands had the shy one, the funny one, the the heartthrob, the, the bad boy. Same with Newfound Glory. You know, the same with all these other bands. A lot of the, the band members have their own individual personalities. They're like the seven dwarfs. Yeah. Yeah. And then for uh, Forget My Name, Matt Skiba and Dan Andriano from Alkaline Trio did backups oh. on that song. Um, so ah. they, they just kind of got like the choosing of anybody at that point. And they've, I mean, they've always had like a thing too where I feel like they're very conscious of like kind of sticking to associating with things from like their roots, you know, like mm-hmm. like putting like screams on their record and stuff since like, since uh chad was a vocalist in a hardcore band back in the day um in shy halud um and yeah i don't know it's just interesting how they've always been to me i feel like their newfound glory always a band that like it's cool to like for like guys into like heavy hardcore stuff like Ah. because of their kind of pedigree of like being in like hardcore bands at least for chad you know, as an interesting. So you thing. think there's respect from other hardcore bands? They respect Newfound Glory. Yeah, I think in a way, because well, growing up, it's like I wouldn't have thought that they were any different than, like, musically than like Good Charlotte. But I right, feel like history right. is kind of shown in a way that's like, if I talk to someone about Good Charlotte, you know, a certain type of person, let's say like that hardcore dude, and mm-hmm. uh, but they're like Newfound Glory is cool, but not Good Charlotte. And I'm like, well, he's kind of splitting hairs here, but you know, you mm-hmm. know. But then they're like, sure. well, he sang in Shai Halud, so that forever gets him. Right. It's it's, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, to yeah, me. that is interesting. Yeah. So yeah, they always get like cred for that way. That's cool. Yeah. Was it cool when you were growing up to like Newfound Glory, or was it not? Mm, not with my group of friends. Not with your group, because you were into like more hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was, but but it's funny because like I feel like we had, we almost like secretly listened to Blink One Eighty Two a lot. Oh, <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two, you couldn't escape. Like yeah. when I was growing up, like take off your pants and jacket, that album. Like, wouldn't that come out nine two thousand one maybe? Yeah, I think something like that. Maybe it's, that was such yeah. a banger album. Every song in there was great, and oh man. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, we didn't hide it that hard, but like, we wouldn't have been like. I remember somebody in high school being like, you know, they were presenting Good Charlotte and Newfound Glory as like two things. You're like, do you like this? And I was like, no, that's not real pop punk to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, but then it would be like, well, but I like Green Day and uh, Blink 182 because they've been grandfathered in. You know, they were Uh, cool before. You call everything sellouts. I don't know if that was like. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. They're selling out. Are like, are they selling out or are they just doing really well? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like sellout and poser were the two. Mm, Poser. Yeah. 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 It was a bad thing to be a poser. It was. Yeah. I guess it still is. Where, uh, Where did you. So did you grow up in New York? 
No, I grew up in Mo in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So I remember a thing like I grew up on in like a beach town or kind of like near the beach. And if you wore surfing clothes and you didn't surf, then people would be like, you know, if you had like a rusty shirt on, they'd be like, do you surf? And <laughs> Wait, like, no. we're like in California? No, I mean, I grew up in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. So it was on the oh. North Carolina coast. Um, oh, man. Well, then you, I, you, I would have gotten my ass kicked because I used to work at Hollister in Wisconsin. Yeah. So I'm dr- I'm dressing like I'm going to the beach, but I am I am way far from an ocean. I'm well, close to a lake, but yeah. far from an ocean. I wonder if that idea probably wouldn't have been the same. I mean, I'm not saying I mean, kids called each other posers. Definitely. They figured out they probably figured out specific to uh, Wisconsin things like maybe there was like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, snow brands. And you're like, do you snowboard? You don't snowboard. Oh, you can't. You yeah, know, so it's like yeah. anyone wearing surfing stuff in Milwaukee, they just kind of have to, you know, like we can't, you know, everyone would be posers then because I assume it would be very difficult, you know? Yes. But uh, kind of, I guess going back to that idea of like, even where it's like, yeah, growing up, I would have considered Newfound Glory a, uh, a sellout band. But there are so mm-hmm. many things that were like arbitrary terms where it's like, you know, this person's a poser or this is, you know, well, I think we kind of talked about that a little earlier too. Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah. just, just those things like, that kind of where you can't like be your authentic self, just be into newfound glory if you like them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many bands out there that people would be like, wait, you listen to that? Like Hanson puts out some good music. Not going to lie. They do. And like, yeah here's the thing if you ever like want to want to like prove someone wrong just don't tell them who's like play them a song that you like and don't tell them who it's by and be like hey do you like this song and get their honest opinion then tell them oh this is o-town and they're gonna be like wait that's this is o-town because like o-town is still putting out bangers even to this day like they're doing new music and new tours and yeah i know that you remember them from like making the band from 1999 and they had a show on MTV and they had like liquid dreams and all or nothing, but their new stuff like really slaps hard. Like they're, they're like self-aware enough to know what people want to listen to. It's pretty, pretty interesting. I think still in my head, like stuff like O-Town is like, it's like fake, but how would it be any less real than any other boy band? Yeah, it wouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, and then the, the same yeah, time. I mean, it is, I mean, they, right now those like i don't know how it was for them back in the day it was probably a lot different but i know right now they're doing everything themselves like they're producing they're uh writing their songs they're you know picking out their own artwork and they're kind of like managing themselves and it's it's quite impressive like they're doing like small arenas now like they're touring it's it's incredible i mean if they're still if you're using the word arena i feel like they're doing good still yeah like, i thought yeah, I mean, I you could have said like arena. small hunting lodges or something you know right but you said right so that's good yeah yeah i mean i've seen I, I was i did a show with them in uh i want to say it was like october last october at a small it was a small arena but it was an arena in wisconsin like they would have sold out the biggest theater there yeah uh what so with that i mean so that simply means like you do like a comedy set kind of introducing them or what, what does that look yeah, like? For I kind of, I co-hosted the show with Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. Yeah. Him and I are buds. Pro, co-hosted the show with him on a whim. I was just going to be at the show. Ryan Cabrera is one of my, one of my best friends and he was on that show too. So I went to hang out with Ryan and then Chris was there. I'm like, Hey, what up? He was like, you want to host the show? I'm like, absolutely. So he handed me a mic. We went out there and did some bits, did some funny stuff, and then brought on brought on O Town and uh, and we brought on Ryan and yeah, it was a good time. Uh, does that? I feel like when I hear like comedians kind of doing that, that feels like such a thing that happened. I remember stories of like older comics would be like, oh, I opened for Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's like a, right. You know, you'll yeah. hear those things like, but you don't. I don't feel like it happens that much anymore. I remember I think Jim Jim Brewer opened for Metallica a bunch. Yeah. And it's like I'm thinking of like Bobcat opened for Nirvana in like the nineties. And then after that it's like I don't hear about it anymore. There was Chris Bliss open for Michael Jackson. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. like a lot of times on these events it's not like you're probably not on the ticket too, you know. 
I mean, for this one, I definitely wasn't, but it's kind of fun when you think about it. It's a, a stand-up comic is like the perfect opener for a band, certain bands, because there's no need to bring out other instruments. Like you don't oh, have yeah. to clutter the stage with, you know, it's less work for the roadies. You, you just need a microphone and you're good to go. Uh, that, so that's probably why like a lot of bands went that route for a while. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, it almost seems like when you put it that way, it's like, feels like it should happen more often because even though these shows like run you know like clockwork and they have like road uh, you know roadies and stuff like that that move all the gear around it's like you would still Mm -hmm. have like an in-between you know so it's like to have somebody Mm -hmm. kind of presenting between makes complete sense yeah i think it does i think it works yeah um i would love to do more i used to do a lot of uh opening openings for bands i opened for uh what openings for bands i used to open for a lot of bands i did uh like Gavin DeGraw, Hanson, Talib Kweli, Amy Mann, um, Cake. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember a band called the Bodines? I do. Yeah. They, yeah, was, they're from Wisconsin. That's where I'm from. So I did a couple shows. I did like six shows with them. Um, so yeah, you know, I used to do, I used to do that a lot more, but now that I'm older, I don't know. I'm kind of getting scared. Like I was booked on this music festival like two years ago. Uh, called like the rhythm and blues festival in missouri and they were gonna have me go on and like do some bits in between bands but like i was kind of scared that i was gonna get booed because just a sea of people it only takes one person to go boo and everyone else like joins in um thankfully that didn't happen but i just like it's 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 comedy in music venues isn't always a great situation it's it's a huge open space comedy you kind of want a low ceiling um you know you don't want people to be drinking too much or else you're gonna get heckled and you're gonna feel terrible about yourself and about your material yeah it's it's hard to imagine so what was your experience with it overall i mean do you feel like you you had that idea you didn't want to get heckled because of experiences previously or was it usually a good no i'm just self-aware enough to know that no one wants to see me no one's there to see me they're there to see the band i'm just killing time before the band's ready to go on so i think if i went out there and said listen i know you guys don't want to see me you're not here for me you're here for them but they're not going to be out here for a while so instead of you just sitting waiting I'm going to try to make you laugh for a little bit, get you in a good mood. Then I'll bring out the band. Is that cool? Like if I did that, I think that would have like really. But you still uh, have to kind of set it up in a way. I mean, cause it's like you go out there and it's like your hands are up and you're like, Hey guys, I don't want to, I don't mean yeah. any harm, but like the show's canceled. <laughs> everyone go home. Just kidding. Hey, see yeah. you're mad now, but now you're happy. Cause I think in the uh, same yeah. way, it's like, okay, so what if, if I'm at a comedy club, and um, I'm, you know, waiting for the next guy to come out. And then somehow they, you know, they just carted out a full band. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, so, so mm-hmm. it is really yeah. tough to think about. I've had friends that even on a small scale, like playing in record stores or whatever, they brought a yeah. friend to do like five minutes, you know, like, and it's like, oh, cool. it's a hard ask though. You know, it's like people are like, what's going on? You know, like yeah. it's never... So Truly. I can't, it's gotta, that's gotta be like the hardest place to kind of like start comedy. I don't know if that's kind of like where it started for you or, um, comedy started for me. Well, before I did stand up comedy, I used to do like juggling shows full on. Like for 20 years I did juggling shows and, and, uh, that's kind of where like the comedy started. Cause there was always a section in my show where I just put down all the props and just tell jokes. And I was like, you know what? Section's my favorite. It's not the part where I'm juggling knives. It's not the part where I'm in the dark juggling lighted props, but it's when I'm just telling jokes and connecting with the audience one-on-one without having to impress them with my throwing and catching abilities. It was just like, just opening up and being vulnerable and being like, hey, you guys, does this bother you? What's up with this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I so if you were to think about it now, like what do you think the percentage of uh juggling versus like comedy is now in your set? Oh, it's a hundred percent just uh, comedy. Yeah. So well like so it's unless it's, it I will say unless it's like a corporate show and they want to pay me a lot of money to do the juggling, then I'll practice and I'll get it going. Oh, and some of those I think 
oh you would know more than me um they probably get you to like perform for a long time so you're like well you know oh yeah it's like it's like yeah okay so i had that's a good i had a show recently at in florida and they wanted me to do 90 minutes now if i was a band 90 minutes would probably be no problem but as a stand-up 90 minutes is like twice as long as i'm usually asked to do when i'm headlining a comedy club i do like 45 to 50 yeah that's my sweet spot that's good but but i was like wait what 90 minutes so i had to pay a guy to do some uh magic tricks before i went on and this guy dale k he crushed it he did 30 minutes and they wanted more of him but i'm now i'm going on like but it was it was a great show a lot of fun but yeah it, it's tough yeah it is tough so if i have if i didn't have dale i would have had to do a lot of juggling in that show for sure because i wanted the paycheck yeah and no is that me selling out though probably but that's all right <laughs> no i mean i think like well i don't know i think that that term is completely dead i hope i mean oh totally yeah it's totally. like i think we all want to sell out at this point like maybe younger people have like a different idea of it but i don't think they give a shit about the term of selling no. out it's like nah. you know but uh yeah like give me a special or something you know like give me just give me yeah. a lot of money for the thing you know uh, exactly 100 percent. so i'm trying to think i guess i kind of yeah i wanted to ask a little bit more i'm kind of interested in the idea of kind of like uh really anybody get i've talked to mike kaplan uh on oh the pod. Yeah. love him yeah and uh actually i was on his i was pod. i saw him last night we oh, were together. oh well yeah. if you see him again tell him you're at the Josh comedy cellar said hello um i think I you will. would actually know who i am um, cause I did sure his podcast and then he did mine. And then I also oh, saw him great. recently in Charlotte. So I cool. think, I think that's a budding friendship. <laughs> yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, really funny great. comic. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time too. Long time. So I've been playing music for a really long time and it's like, for the most part, I guess I would say we're like a, we're like a middle <laughs> to put it in comedy. Mm-hmm. Term. That's fine. You know, it's like, how does that feel with comedy i don't know what kind of question i'm asking yet so bear with me um like the idea of like like how long have you been doing comedy overall it's hard to say it's really hard to say i've I've gotten this question a lot and i've been performing since i was like 10 like my own show since i was like 10 years old but my show has transformed so much from juggling now to just stand up that there was like a like a progression of it so like i could say i've been doing my like my set you know my 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 show for like over 20 years but i mean that probably isn't the right answer because i probably just just stand up without any juggling maybe like three years yeah 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 it's just it's just kind of like i think people when they think about like comedy as a whole it's like they just kind of go to the top. So I mean, people do the same with bands, but sure, it's like I'm. Tr- I almost just try and think about like those people that like like Mike. He he came through on a weeknight. Uh, I feel like the mm-hmm. turnout was like really good, but it's like I wonder if there's like a different expectation of like where comedians should be after a certain period of time that's like different than musicians yeah you know i guess that's a parallel i'm making you know i think it all depends on what your goal is or what you want like so so yeah you have in in the comedy world you have an mc like you go to a club traditional club you'll have a headliner a feature sometimes you'll have an opener sometimes you'll just have an mc but sometimes you'll have like so basically you have like four acts MC opener feature headliner a lot of times though the MC like I said and the opener are the same person right um so right now I'm in that middle spot you know I'm not MCing I'm not um opening but I'm featuring so I'm doing like 20 to 25 minutes right before the headliner and that's great but that all then and that's in a rooms there's a clubs and b clubs a rooms and b rooms in comedy so you go, you look at like the Funny Bones, you look at the Levity Lives, you look at um, Acme, uh, those are all considered A rooms. Then you look at other rooms that maybe it's just like, um, I, I don't know, like Ha Ha's or something like someone who has like a, 
a one-off club somewhere, it would be more considered a B room, less people. They don't get as great of, of acts, but they still get good comics. Just probably aren't people you've heard of. So I'm featuring in A rooms, but I'm headlining in B rooms. And then probably in a year or two, I'll make that transition to headlining to A rooms and then no more B rooms. Um, but in terms of like bands, like I, I asked my friend, Sean, who plays in the matches, I'm like, would you rather be opening for a band in a huge arena where you're making new friends and new people are listening to your music? Or would you rather sell out in like a small, smaller venue? Yeah. And, and have it just be all your fans. So let me ask you that question. Cause I'll tell you what Sean said, but what, what do you, what would you think? I mean, realistically at this point, um, I probably would want to like open because I feel like there's less on a band standpoint. I'd want, I'd want to open because there's like less on your shoulders. So yeah, it'd be kind of like, pressure. it's, it's right. like, it's your thing, man. I'm just here, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, I would imagine, I almost feel like the thing I would romanticize as a comedian, um, and you know, n- none of the finances involved there or anything, but it, mm-hmm. like being a feature is like kind of the best place to be. <laughs> you know? it, it truly is. And I'll tell you why you, no one's there to see you, but everyone knows that there's going to be opening acts. So it's not and if you're lucky, they do know you to some degree. They might go, that's oh, true. I've heard your name. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I have like a big presence on TikTok. So a lot of people have seen some of the stupid videos I made on TikTok. Um, so they may not know me, but they might, they might be familiar with my work. Your battery, um, your battery bit. Oh, uh, no, that I had like ones that got like 20 million views. and like, the battery I, bits I, I, one, did, but, I thought that one was really funny. Thank um, you. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, but, oh yeah. So Sean, Sean from the matches and the matches were like my favorite band growing up. Uh, they're uh, pop punk ska influenced. Have you heard of the matches? I heard the name. I'm doing the same thing. Check I guess anybody. <laughs> I'm doing the they're feature thing. Yeah. 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 But he said he would rather like open for, for you know they open for like plus forty four and he was like yeah I'd rather do that in arenas then play for my own fans because I want to get new fans. I want people to know about me and the, my fans that would have come to the sold out show will come see me open for this band. Um, so that's, I think that's a way of looking at it too. And while I am featuring, I am getting fans and I am making connections that way. And you're right. It's so much less stress. It is just their show, do what you want. Um, you can kind of, be more free to work on new material when you're featuring when you're headlining you got to bring the goods because they're paying money to see you but when you're featuring you can kind of just chillax you want to kill you still want to crush but in that middle section of your set you can try some some new stuff where you can work on some new stuff which is really fun yeah like well like if you have like a if you feel comfortable with 45 to 50 minutes and it's like if you've but if you have to feature and do like 20 that's going to be your strongest bits. You know, it's like for mm-hmm. a band, it's like, Oh, we're only going to right. play our strongest songs and then we're, yeah. we're off. And then, so people are like, leave them wanting more kind of thing. You know, it's like, you know, you want them wanting all of it when you're doing 50 minutes, but you know, it's a little, it's a little harder to, I, I saw, I, I did a show last month with the plain white tees and they only got like 20 minutes or maybe even less than that. And they just did like four, four or five songs, but everyone knew them. And it was like, just bring in the hits. It was great. Wow. I feel like they wouldn't have to be at that place anymore, but I guess that also, that's like the great equalizer with where I'm thinking of everyone is in my mind, you know? Well, they were at a, a conference, a NACA conference. So if you're, you're familiar, uh, somewhat, I mean, I, I know, uh, our friend or mutual friend, Rachel, like has kind of mm-hmm. mentioned it a bunch, but, and even from like watching, I don't know, crashing, I think they talk about oh, there you go. stuff yeah, a lot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was a national con- conference. So those you get, tend to get bigger names there. Like I did one with Amy Schumer, you know, nine years ago, actually it was before she was this mega superstar she is today, but, um, but yeah, so you get good, you get good acts there at NACA. Um, so yeah, they were doing a showcase and they just did four or five songs, but it was, it, they, they, they killed, they destroyed. And I was thinking, wait, like Hater Delilah came out in like 2004 or five. 
these kids weren't even like talking then, but they still knew every word to every song because that song is so popular. It's known everywhere, but it's amazing. Yeah, I was thinking about today that today with just like playing a show now. If there's like a band that's younger, you know, let's say ten years younger than me, and they're like, okay, oh, we're gonna do a Coldplay cover because that's what my parents liked, and then just like that life flash behind your, you know. You're I hate that. Like, what the fuck? Like, so one of I know. Yeah, one of my friends was like, uh, when I was a kid, my parents used to like close their door and listen on Nickelback, and so I kind of have fond memories. And I'm like, you know what they were doing, right? But like, you know, yeah, but I'm yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. how fucking young are you? Like, what are you talking right. about? Like, your parents were in Nickelback. That's like, my parents were into like, it felt like buddy holly you know it's like oh yeah you know but it's like my parents love the beach boys yeah it's like it felt like so much longer but i guess time nickelback might be that and we're doing you know i mean i don't have kids but i assume yeah you know i don't know but yeah that, that'd be crazy that, that definitely makes me feel old though <laughs> it does but yeah i mean i appreciate you taking the time uh to talk to me you know this has been a lot of fun you know, talking oh, so ab- much fun. about talking Newfound about Glory, <laughs> talking around Newfound Glory, not about Newfound sure. Glory at all. Um, and I guess, like, before I let you go, like, where can people find you online and what do you have coming up? Oh, great question. Well, you can find me TikTok and Instagram. Uh, you, It's at Marcus J. Monroe for both. Or you can just type in Marcus Monroe. Boom, boom, boom. Um, coming up, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm always all over. I'm, I have, I'm going to be in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, next week, um, flying to, I'll be in LA. Uh, I'm in New York almost every night. Um, when I'm not on the road doing stand up at the comedy cellar. Uh, so that's where you can find me. MarcusMonroe.com is my website. Yeah. Good stuff. Welcome back. Thanks again to Marcus for coming on the pod. Check out MarcusMonroe.com to see if he's doing comedy near you. Okay, next time on the pod, we're talking with Dan Ozzy, the author of Sellout. We're talking about Jimmy Eat World's album Clarity, so tune in next week. Once again, check out our Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash SpinningOutPod. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SpinningOutPod. Lastly, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do that sort of thing. Reviews definitely help. Thanks as always to Sarah Blumenthal for adding the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. Okay, see you next week. I've been in it.